Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Alma Coffee. Sustainably grown, veteran owned, and direct trade, which of course means from seed to cup, there are no middlemen. Please go check them out at myalmacoffee.com and go visit their roastery cafe at 3448 Holly Springs Parkway in Canton. Ask for Harry or the brains of the outfit, Leticia, and please tell them that Stone sent you. You guys are in for a real treat this morning. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Capital Recovery Corporation, Miss Brandy Roussel and Brian Roussel. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, good morning, morning. Stone. Thanks for having us. What a delight to have you on the, on the program. Uh, maybe from the onset, it would be helpful to have a little bit of a primer, uh, an overview, mission, purpose. Uh, what are you guys out there trying to do for folks? Um, we are, we've been around for 35 years. Um, the company originally started with uh, my father-in-law, his father, and it started as a collection agency. Um, 15 years ago, we took it into healthcare. So now we are trying to be a fully extended business office for our clients that carries on to first party collections and then goes to third party collections. So when you use the word collections, to me that that um, sounds like they're behind. Are they necessarily behind, or are you sometimes collecting on stuff that's on track? Or? When we have the early out program of, of our extended business office, that's it can be anywhere from day one that the bill drops, mm-hmm. or it can be 30 mm-hmm. days later. Maybe they want to do some in-house collections on their own, pre-collections we like to call it. It's not where they're browbeating them or anything like that. They're sending out a letter, maybe a phone call. But then they send it over to us, and we act on their behalf. So when we answer the phone, we are that company. When we send out letters, it's their letterhead. So they were basically just an extension of their business office. And it's not mandated under the FDCPA at that point. So we can... It's, it's soft collections. We're super, super nice. And But when it goes into collections, we're still super nice. That's one of the things that separates us from other agencies. Um, we just don't believe in browbeating someone. And, and, you know, we find that you can get a lot more results when you're just willing to work with them and help them resolve their debt. Well, I'm not surprised to hear that. I'm also not surprised that you gravitated to some degree to the healthcare arena. I suspect that's one of the more challenging businesses to be in from a from a cash flow perspective is that accurate well interestingly enough i started 15 years ago and it was right when the recession started so my background is healthcare, ah. and i said we need some birth to grave business to bring in here because at yeah. that point in time you know we had the mortgage crisis and all of that so and the collection agencies are kind of a litmus test for how the economy is going because if people hmm. can't pay their bills we're the first ones to know because we're seeing the influx of business right so we went to healthcare, and it is more challenging, but it's more volume. Um, obviously, it's like typically lower dollar accounts. It's someone's copay. It's their coinsurance. It's their deductible. Yeah. You know those sorts of things. Um, we also do have a facet of our business that works with insurance companies. So we'll actually go after the insurance company oh. to make sure that the claims process correctly. <clears throat> and then once it's processed, that's our insurance follow up team. Once it's processed, then it flips over to our patient responsibility, and we have a whole different team that handles those. 
I would think it would be a real challenge for the individual practitioner, the small clinical team or a a dental office, just dealing with all that paperwork. And I got to say, as a a layperson being on the other end of all this, sometimes the paperwork is very confusing. You know, you get the one thing that says, this is not a bill. (laughs) This is a bill, and and the numbers are all over the the place. Most people have no idea the inner minutia of an insurance claim. They really don't. Um, And they don't know that a lot of stuff can happen on the front end, meaning like something isn't coded correctly or something wasn't authorized before the procedure was done. I mean, you guys have probably experienced that with your own insurance claims where all of a sudden you're getting a $2,000 bill and you're like, wait a minute, what's the insurance for if I'm getting the bill? And then you find out that it wasn't processed correctly. So we do troubleshoot those things on on the insurance follow-up side and try to resolve it before it even gets to the patient. So I can hear it in your tone. I can can see it in the way you carry yourself. Uh, You obviously would be marvelous at this, but but you you can't do all this. You've got to recruit and develop people yes. that can take this uh, this this same mindset and the same skill set to the to the marketplace. How do you how do you do that? How do you recruit, develop it, and retain these folks? One of the requirements that we have for our staff and our team is CPAR certification. So that certified patient account representative, and that's another thing that separates us from our competitors. Yeah. Um, it's a it starts in June, and it's a pretty it's like a one thousand page book, and then the test is in November. And so what we do, we incentivize. Obviously, we'll pay for the exam because it gives them that CPAR certification. And then we will also give them a bonus that says, hey, good job, you did this. And it's something they can carry through the rest of their career. And a lot of times, you know, they get to throw that acronym on the end of their signature, and they have that. So, God forbid, they leave capital recovery to go somewhere else. They're going to stand out a bunch or among the other candidates that are out there. Yeah, I sense that you would fire me before lunch. I, <laughs> yeah, no, I would. I would be well intentioned if I made it through that process. But I mean, you you just have to have a certain um, uh, discipline, a certain mindset, a, a certain level of maturity to handle those conversations. Because I, I would think at some points you're not necessarily catching people at their best and right. you're trying to have a conversation with it right i mean that's right. uh, well and and one of the things our industry is experiencing um big time right now is um the regulations the agencies out there the fdcpas the tcpas the cfpbs all these lots crazy of acronyms <laughs> yeah. that that's bring crazy. a lot of challenges for us and um you know like one one bill that was just passed is when you speak with a, a debtor or a patient, and if you don't get permission to talk to them, like you can't, you have to say, "Can I call you back tomorrow?" And if you, oh they my. don't give you permission, if you call them again before seven days, you you're at the mercy of a lawsuit if someone wants to go after that. Oh, it's it's oh, wow. absolutely nuts. And another thing that's going on is a lot of providers. This was one of the biggest changes with this ruling was a lot of providers don't realize that when your patient comes in and fills out their face sheet and they put their email address on there or their cell phone number on there, if they if you don't send a letter 35 days before you transfer that account to Capital Recovery that says, hey, this is going to Capital Recovery in 35 days, you can opt out of this communication portal if you want to, but if you don't, you know, if they don't do that, we can't reach out to them via email or cell phone. We have to be able to get consent. It's not... 
It's not transferred consent. And right now, consent is a big thing because the CFPB and the TCPA, they want, um, you know, you're getting all these spam calls on your cell phone all the time. Right. Right. And so they want, they're trying to prevent that. So it's, it's to protect the consumer, but it brings a lot of difficulties for um, the AR part of collecting and doing yeah. soft collections it really does well i can see i might be a, a well-accomplished physician dentist a, a practitioner but to, to be good at that and have yeah. my arms around all of these regulations right. you could get in trouble in, in a hurry i would think you can you can and and staying on top of it i mean you really have to have a full-time compliance person but that's one of the things that i feel like we do well and we inform our clients like we do webinars for them huh. to say hey this is coming up right you know these are the changes and we try to bring the solutions for them so it doesn't seem so problematic you know for them to, because you're right they, they went to school to provide medicine and, and you know, to, to, <laughs> right. to serve patients. They didn't go to school to figure out if the CPT code was correct on the bill or if they got consent from the patient to contact them later. Wow. So many moving parts in, 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 the, in the practitioner's life, but in your business as well. Uh, so we have Brian, your business partner here as well. Yes. Uh, you may have noticed uh, when, when we teed this conversation up, uh, they, their last name, both of them, is Russell. Correct. You're a married couple. We are. You're in business together. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Yes. <laughs> you can tell that she handles that aspect. I'm on the commercial side where we don't have to deal with all those regulations. Yes. Well, all right. We'll say more about that, Brian. It's more straight up, to be to be honest with you. It's uh, you, you'll get uh, clients, our commercial clients, that have obviously it's business to business. Right. They don't follow all those those rules. Oh, you know okay. I mean? It's it's very deregulated. It's very straightforward. Uh, we have a you know a building products company, National One. We deal with contractors. You know, we get a mm-hmm. a, 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 a claim for twenty thousand dollars. The same premise, though. <clears throat> excuse me. We don't. We handle it the same way and the same sort of, for lack of a better term, compassion. We, yeah. it, we don't want to go in there so combative. It doesn't get anything done. Um, we represent our client and say, look, we don't want to litigate this. Let's let's work something out. Let's uh, let's get you know a, a payment plan that all sides are, are happy with. Yeah. So we keep the attorneys out of it. And, um, you know, they use us because they don't want their employees doing that. They, they say, you know what, Capital, you, you handle this. Uh, I need our employees staying on current AR. You guys figure something out. And as you um, develop a relationship with your client, you know what's acceptable and know what's not. So if they right. come back with a payment offer or a payment plan that we know we can't bring to our client, we're say, you're going to have to, I'm not going to even bother my client with that. Yeah. Let's get it up and let's get this and let's get the attorneys out of it and let's work together and, and, and kind of stay on top of it like that, but not regulated like that. Not even close. Well, I suspect uh, contractors, that's another one of those businesses where cash flow, even when people are paying on time, is probably a a challenge, let let alone when they fall Mm -hmm. behind like that, right? Right. Sure. Absolutely. So what counsel, if any, might you have to just not get in that situation in the first place, not... uh, not get in debt. Are there some strategies, some tactics, some things you can just sort of implement for, as a business for practice? the client side? Well, so actually, that, I was going to ask you about both. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I think for from the debtor perspective or the patient perspective, communication is key. Absolutely. If you are talking to them, if you are not ignoring the statements and the letters and the emails and the phone calls that are happening, they're going to work with you. <clears throat> you know, and they're not. Gonna, they're going to be less apt to say send this off and. And, you know, I mean, 
kill them with kindness. Just give them the story to let them know, like, look, I know that I'm behind, but I need you to work with me. And, and you know, just go from there. And then from a client perspective, it's the same thing. Communication, stay on top of your AR, but also make sure you're tightening up those loose ends, like getting consent for cell phone, um, text messaging, and emails. Um, make sure that when they come in, you're updating their demographic information. You know, we do have what we call a skip tracing um, service where, let's say, a medical provider gives me a list of patients to uh, put into our system. We'll run it through a database. The database will tell us their newest address, and so we'll always have the most up-to-date information. But now it's getting so innovative with AI and machine learning. Mm-hmm. Now it's spitting back results. We're actually in the um, midst of partnering with a company right now that it will spit back their propensity to pay. And they base that off huh. of zip code. They base that off credit scores. They base that off of um, basically what they've seen in the past. And they've got this very large database, and they work with a lot of agencies. So they can kind of bump it up against all of them and say, hey, this is where you really need to focus. You know, put these accounts in front of your live collectors. Let all the other stuff sit on the back end and get the letters and the emails and the texts. So, you know, a lot of people, when they say, how big is your agency? Well, we're, we're like 15, but we don't need to be any bigger than that because right. we have a lot of technology doing the work for us. That is true. Well, and, and, and here we go again. With Not only do you have the knowledge base, but you have the, the resources and you understand how, how to employ those resources. Now, I'm wired that way a little bit anyway. I have two tools at my house, a, a telephone and a checkbook. So <laughs> I know I sort of lean in that direction anyway. But when, if someone's considering just trying to take, take this on themselves for their own practice or their, their own business, man, they're, they're leaving some holes, aren't they? Lots of them. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, there has to be a schedule, some consistency. When we meet with prospects or our clients, we show them our workflow chart that says this is Uh what happens when the account comes in at day one. It gets scrubbed. You know, we start we send out the whether it's an early out or bad debt, we send out whatever first notice is necessary at that point. So they're getting a letter. Simultaneously, they're getting text messages, they're getting voicemails, and they're getting emails. So we're reaching out, and and all of it complies and is compliant with these regulations, but they're getting communications that I guarantee you a lot of these providers and other um, companies out there are not able to do because the manpower is not there. So you've mentioned that phrase a couple times, early out. Yes. Uh, Would you describe that? I I don't know what that is. Early out is soft collections. So that's if, um, you know, say you have company trucking ABC and you don't want it to be like, hey, I sent you to collections already. I want trucking ABC to be represented, but you can't handle doing the collections in-house. That's you outsourcing it to us and us acting on your behalf. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, and a lot of that that actually, and one of the other things that – I think separates us from our competitors. There's a lot of agencies out there that do offer early out and they offer collections. But what they'll do is they'll start with a low rate because they say, well, early out, it's newer AR, so it's probably more collectible. And then they'll jump it up to like 25, 30% when it hits bad debt. 
Well, wow. naturally what that's going to do, and I, w- I don't want to say all agencies do this, but why <laughs> wouldn't you just sit on it and not work as hard aggressively <laughs> on the front end and then hit the higher rate on the back end? I'm sure that's a That's practice. human nature, yeah. right? Yeah. So we do not do that. We actually have a flat rate across the board, and it's contingent. We don't get paid unless we collect. So there's really no risk for our clients at all when they use our early out to bad debt program. Well, I mean, I think I could build a business case for early out for anybody that's got a substantial amount of receivables, just right. trying to stay focused on, on, on their craft. Yep. Yeah. So I want to ask this of each of you individually, and I'll start with Brian, but what are you finding the most rewarding about the work? What, what do you enjoy the most, man? Um, I, I guess the, the, making the clients happy, producing for them the results that you get, and at the same time, working with someone and convincing them to work with you yeah. and to get on a payment plan to get them out. Because I'm sure it's stressful, you know. Yeah. The, the, if, if you owe money to one of our clients, you know, and uh, the worst thing you can do, as Brandy touched on, is just ignore it because it's not going to go away. Yeah. So if, if you if you handle it um, uh, professionally and say, OK, well, this is the landscape that I'm in can I work with you on this? And you're able to resolve a problem, help somebody else's house because it's stressful, you know, and just let them know, yeah, well, look, I'm not here to browbeat you. You know, right. we're here to solve a problem for everyone involved, you know, our client and you. And getting to that result um, is something that uh, it, it's a, it's kind of an accomplishment. You're like, okay, I, I fixed a problem that they turned over to me because on their end, they could not get it resolved. I'll bet. So it's, it, yeah, because... Owing money is not a fun thing, and I understand. No, and, and I've been there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, no. and it wasn't oh. fun, and I have been on the other end of the phone with someone who browbeating is the right is the right term. And mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah, that was not. It was. It's not pleasant being on either end of this Correct. thing, really. And so to have a resource like you guys, how about how about you, Brandy? What are you enjoying the most? I mean, I would definitely agree with Brian, um, but I think the aspect I am enjoying the most right now, um, since 2020 and the pandemic, we've seen technology blow up in this industry, mm. and I just love seeing like all these different little facets that come in and help us provide better services for our clients, and just things that like. I mean, some of it's a little like artificial intelligence, you know, it's, it's, it's causing me to stay on top of technology instead of get behind. And I'm, I'm liking that accountability from it. Now, Brian touched on this a little while ago, but I'd like to dive a little bit deeper. Do you find yourselves, uh, from what you've learned over the years of doing this, because, I mean, this is not your first rodeo. You guys have been at this, that you you take approaches, use strategies and tactics, employ different uh, tools and resources as you're working with clients from different arenas, like uh, medical, retail, commercial. Yes. I mean, they definitely drive our next step. You know, right. whether it's commercial um, or consumer or um, healthcare, it definitely, if there's a need and we can help, we're going to do some research. Like, as I mentioned earlier, the insurance follow up, there's different partners out there that can help you expedite that and do it much more easily than maybe a healthcare provider hasn't looked into. And we'll go out there. And so sometimes, yeah, our, our clients are definitely driving where our business is going and where our technology is ending up for sure. So talk a little bit, if you would, this is partially for my own benefit. One of the things, guys, if, 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 
the benefit of having your own radio show, you get all this free insight and consulting. <laughs> uh, and so we're still trying to, to polish and, and um, evolve our onboarding process when we bring on a new client on the client mm-hmm. side of, of our work. Uh, talk to me, if you will, about your own onboarding process, the, those early steps of an engagement. What, what does that look like when, a, when you take on a new client? Um, when they've expressed interest, depending upon um, if they're healthcare, commercial, or retail, mm-hmm. uh, it will go to a business office manager. We'll set up calls. We look for, we basically do a profile on the company, um, which identifies their needs. It identifies, you know, one of the cool things about us, I think we're flexible to where, let's say you don't want letters going out every two weeks. You want them going out once a month. You just don't want your patients receiving. You know, we yeah. can customize that very yeah. quickly. A um, client can tailor its yes. its own collection service. So we will we will reach out to them and we'll have multiple conversations before the onboarding process that says, okay, this is what typically we need to put you into our system, get your account set up. We have what we call strategy on demands on the back end of our database, and those things drive these accounts through the system depending upon what the client wants as well as, you know, our own internal processes. Um, and then we will have the onboarding call where we will talk to them. This is what you expect, um, especially when it's medical. Um, we'll get those individuals that are at the front office because a lot of times the people making these decisions are CFOs, controllers, business office managers, but you have front office personnel that are at the local clinic. They're not aware of capital recovery. They're not aware of the process, and the patient's going to come in and be like, where'd this bill come from? So we want to make sure that we, you know, educate everybody about the process. So we'll probably have, you know, anywhere between three and five calls to onboard them. And then what we like to tell them is give us 90 days because that gives us the time to work the accounts, scrub them, really dive into there. And we can give them feedback and we'll say after 90 days, we're going to schedule a call and we're going to let you know, these are the things that are working, and these are the holes that we think we can, you know, possibly do do better on our end, or make some suggestions on their end of, of processes that we've seen work for other clients that they may want to try. I'm glad I asked. You guys seem uh, you guys seem so much more buttoned up than we are here at Business Radio. <laughs> We're like it's taking some hey, years. Just send us a check, and we'll figure that out the rest later. Come on in, we'll talk it through. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's 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 a it's a model to aspire to. Uh, where does the new business come from? How does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a for a for a business like yours? We we've tried many things, as you can imagine, with a collection agency. There's this negative connotation yeah. that we're trying to you know really <sighs> remove, um, but it's a, it's a challenge. I mean, we do social media. Um, we also like to, you know, our, our team, we've been very involved in the community and we like to profile that we're not just these people behind the desk going after the money. Most of the time we're partnering with a nonprofit, you know, to feed homeless or do something like that and, you know, or, or give, give supplies to, you know, a pet, you know, a shelter or something like that. Like we've got a really good team and they're all very kind hearted and we like to showcase that. So that's part of it. Um, We've worked with PPC, we've obviously with SEO, um, but mostly our target and where we're finding 
the best uh, bang, and thank God, hopefully these are going to resolve and, and continue soon, is our conferences. You wow. know, getting in front of the audience, there's something to be said about that face-to-face connection. I sure. mean, people are inundated with email blasts. They're inundated with, you know, just cold calls or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just being able to be down there at a booth and, you know, one of our specialties is workers' compensation. So, and that's not something a lot of agencies focus on. So we will put ourselves in front of a workers' compensation conference or um, occupational health. You know, we've gone to some conferences for that. So that's really, it's it's a challenge for this industry for marketing, but it can be done. And so you'll exhibit and then maybe even teach like a um, present at, at a, what do yeah, you call we, that? Like a breakout thingy? Yeah. Well, we've done webinars. Um, we have not actually done um, like a sponsorship of a of an event, but yeah, that's definitely something that. Yeah, I'd no, like you to guys would be great for that. I think. So, um, a, a large part of our listening audience are entrepreneurs, often small teams, small firms. Some of them probably uh, kind of fit the demographic of, of some of your client base. Um, and as an entrepreneur, small business owner myself, I know this to be true. Uh, we all have a tendency at times to, to hit a wall, run out of gas. Uh, you guys have the benefit of maybe recharging each other. But I always like to ask, uh, when you kind of get to that point or you see that coming on the horizon, where do you go um, to, to recharge, to get to inspiration, to, to, to refresh? What's, what, what's your approach to getting so personally or or yeah i mean i I, and i was gonna i'm gonna ask brian as well (laughs) i like to be active in the community um i have a a non-profit that that works with the homeless and in atlanta yes um it's called loving one by one so um i work with them and and like at christmas we um we just gave um there were 11 homeless vets in the area that we just gave them like head to toe gear for the cold and nice. like tents and tarps and stuff like that and you know it's just that's one of those things that like feeds me you know it really yeah. does it makes me feel good to be able to provide for somebody else and then i'm also um active on the main street board in um downtown canton we, oh. moved, we moved down there three years ago. Yeah, we love years, it. Yeah. We moved off of Main Street. We renovated a house, and we just love it. We absolutely love it. So Main Street Board, I'm not familiar with it. What, tell me a little bit more about that. The, the functionality of Main Street Board is to really bring in um, business for the businesses th- that are down there. So we work yeah. on promotions and events to bring foot traffic so that uh-huh. that brings in that foot traffic to these local businesses that we want to support. Nice. Yeah. And Brian, I know you get behind the mic because you, you're a performer. You're, you're, you're a musician. Uh, but, but where do you go for inspiration, recharge? Is it the beach? Is it sailing? Is it, is it wor- working with Brandy on some of these cause? No, I, no, actually, she's uh, she she can do she. I mean, I help her out, you know, if we have to deliver stuff and everything. But right. she's really the brains behind all of that. Um, I, I play in a band called the Whiskey Holler. We play all over Metro Atlanta. I love it. And uh, it, that. That's that's my outlet, you know. It's right, you know, because some sometimes in this industry it can be stressful. You know, you you're on the phone all day long. 
uh, you know, you're talking to people that don't necessarily want to talk to you. <laughs> and I don't want to paint the, you know, the rosiest. I mean, we want to work with everybody. Don't get me wrong. But some people are very combative. And, and you have to, it's, you know, you get off the phone after a 20 minute call. You're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I just got to take a lap, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, uh, playing music and hanging out with your friends and, and, and stuff is uh, and uh Going downtown to the uh, that obviously downtown Canton is growing. Oh you yeah, know, and there's so much to do, and it's only getting it's only getting bigger. It's getting better, and um, so that's what I like to do. So that's kind of how I get away from the industry and kind of keep everything in perspective. So what's next for the business? Uh, near term, I don't know, six to eighteen months. Are you maybe looking at scaling? Are you going to hunker down? And what are you thinking? Where are you going to put your energy? Well, right now we are in Alpharetta, but mm-hmm. most everybody's at home right now, just because well, yeah. you know it's just you know. So we want to move the office to downtown Canton. Just ah. you know, have a space where if clients want to come in and see what's going on, that's fine. But still offer the remote. Hey, um, but still, really, if you don't mind me, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. So through this pandemic and and what's happening and and, and all the the variants that'll come down, and who knows if there's going to be another one. But one thing that it's it's taught a lot of people is that the traditional pre pandemic i guess routine going into the office going home going to the office it's completely changed we don't need all that space anymore i mean I, our, our employees are more productive um it, they don't there's less wear and tear in your car it saves you in gas you don't need the kind of office space that uh we used to have it seems to change it's um it's a it's almost become when people um have a resume that they look for a job mm-hmm. they ask you well, what are the work from home hours? And you never would have heard that before, you know, right, and, right. and, and, uh, technology is, is, is changed, um, uh, to accommodate that, um, that factor in, in employment. It's really, you know, it's, it's because it's really different than it was two years ago, some two years ago. Well, more and more business leaders are, are expressing that, that exact sentiment. Mm-hmm. I can tell you here at Business Radio X, I kind of went kicking and screaming into the idea of doing virtual interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there is a little different dynamic in the studio, Agreed. especially when you have multiple and, and, uh, businesses represented. And I thirst for that human contact. But as far as efficiencies, effectiveness of running so many of our businesses, to have thousands and thousands of square feet mm-hmm. of space, um, no, it's just not. And I don't think it's ever going to snap back. I, I mean, I'm no thought leader, but just my base, my opinion no, is it's not going to be like it was. There's a national company across the street from where our, uh, our brick and mortar is. Yeah. Um, Very and large company. They, yeah, obviously a global company. And mm-hmm. they used to have um, thousands of cars in their parking lot. Um, and we would kind of try to duck out before them because when they flow out, you're <laughs> right, stuck, right. you know. Uh, but there has been a, a maybe 15 to 20 cars in there for two years plus. And you just, they're still working, yeah. but they're just doing it in a different capacity, you know, that, that they're adapting to the landscape of what's going on and what the employees need and want. And so many of us have learned or been reaffirmed, even larger firms that were slow to move in that direction, mm-hmm. that, that most most employees are going to do a perfectly fine job, in some cases a better job, because right. they have the flexibility to do what they need to do. Uh, yeah, And I don't know what the future will hold, but my instincts are it's never going to snap back to the old Without days. Remember, the first, when it first started, it was, and nobody knew what was going on. It was just to flatten the curve. And I don't want to get this political. I'm, not, I'm just saying there was never... You could never foresee two years out that it 
it's still the same way because, <laughs> right. because employees were like, wait a minute, why, why are we spending this here? Look, look at our productivity. Yeah. Our, our employees are doing a better job. You know, they're, they're, they're uh, do, doing just as well, you know, like I said, if not better, right. but we don't need all this overhead. Why do they need to come in? Why, why they can just wake up, get on the VPN, start their day's business, get yeah. on zoom calls, do whatever, never leave their house. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a win-win for the employee, you know? Sure, I agree. 100%. Yeah, I never, you, and you didn't think you'd be at this spot. At least I didn't. Yeah. I thought maybe going into it five months max, you because know, we didn't know anything about it, you know. Right. So, but it turns out to be a very successful business model. It really, it really is. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, it's weird. So uh, you're talking about uh, you're going to actually you're going to plant your flag. Headquarters is going to be uh, yeah. We want to move. We want to move down um, to Canton, and then you know give the employees the decision if they want to come in. They can. I mean, right. we can track productivity very well. It's very transparent in hmm. what we're doing. So right. Um, but then it's just to grow. You know, continue to grow the extended business office, the early out portion. Um, I really feel that there's a huge need for that right now, especially in healthcare, because a lot of people are exiting the healthcare industry, uh-huh. you know, due to COVID. And, and right. so these physicians are in a place now more than ever, you know, you have to focus on the service and the treatment, but you can't leave the back end, you know, not met, are taken care of or don't give not provide the attention that it needs because that's going to cause your bottom line to just... It's it's not going to be good. You have to stay on top of healthcare claims all the time. Well, well you guys are are clearly <clears throat> filling such an important need. Thanks. You really are. Uh, but before we wrap, let's make sure that our listeners uh, know how to uh, get in touch, have a conversation with you or someone on your team. Uh, whether they might want to learn more about getting this certification and becoming part of your team, or if they might want to invite you to come to a conference and, and speak on the topics, or if they might be a prospective client, whatever you think is appropriate, website, LinkedIn, email, wh- whatever points of contact makes sense. Let's make sure that we give them, uh, give them those, uh, those contact points. Definitely our website, capitalrecovery.net. Um, there's contact information on there. There's a get started page that goes directly to us. Um, it goes to our sales department if you're interested in our services or just in general. Um, that's the easiest way to get in touch with. There's uh, some email addresses on there, too, that if you want to email us directly, that works as well. All right. And where can we hear the whiskey what? <laughs> the whiskey holler. <laughs> where are you guys going to be? In the uh, we're going to be uh, the February 12th, the Valentine's Day weekend. We, yeah. we will be at um, uh, High Tops in Canton. Yeah. And then uh, March... I think it's whatever the uh, is it fifteenth March fifteenth uh, downtown Alpharetta at uh, the Truck and Tap for uh, for um, St. Patty's Day their celebration. Oh, I love me some Truck and Tap too. That's good, man. That's a good place actually. I like it. It's good food. Well, uh, Brandy and Brian Roussel with Capital Recovery Corporation. It has been an absolute yeah. Delight thanks, Stone. Appreciate it. it. Oh, fun. this has been fun. Really it's been informative, yeah. uh, and I get inspired to want to go out there and, and, and do better for for my clients as well. I know our listeners feel the same way. Um, 
and don't be a stranger. It, it, something that might be fun, and, and if, if you guys are up for it, it might be interesting to have you come back in the studio sometime with a delighted client. Oh, look, we'll spotlight absolutely. their business as yeah, well. absolutely. Oh, that would be and great. maybe talk about how you guys You're work thinking, Stone. Together. You're thinking. I like <laughs> it. It happens twice a day. You know, I try to do a little. Well, thank you so much, guys. This yeah, we appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. All right. This is Stone Payton for our guest today, Brandy and Brian Roussel with Capital Recovery Corporation and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio. Yeah.